We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. This is the podcast where two brothers uh, talk about comic books they loved growing up and and maybe loved at other points in their lives. Uh, I'm one of those two brothers. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other aforementioned brother, Kevin Hines, and uh, I'm on on the East Coast for those of you who are trying to track me down. Yes, if you're worried about geotagging us in this podcast, I'm in the West Coast. I'm in the East Hollywood area of Los Angeles. And I'm in the southwest area of New York City, known as New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. It's also a state. It's not just an area of New York City. I don't know about um, that. Uh, Kevin and I are, uh, are comedians and teachers at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and we love comic books, and this podcast is our excuse to talk about them. And this season, which is season four, we're going over Justice League International. Yeah, uh, which was a comic um, book from the 80s. And it was a huge comic book in my history, and I believe in yours as well. Yes, I love it. Um, I'm, I'm reading ahead in comics uh, of past where we will probably cover. And um, I'm in a big section where they go to Apocalypse, the dark side planet. Oh, I forgot that happened. And um, I think other than the Super Friends, where Dark Side and Desaad and Calabac existed... Yeah. This was my first taste of Jack Kirby's Fourth World. Oh, all right. That's interesting. Which is a weird place to get that first taste. Yeah. But, but I uh, guess it makes sense. Given I your think age I only knew Darkseid from Super Friends and maybe the Ambush Bug comics if I had read them. And I'm not positive I had read them already. I may have tried to, but I don't know if I got it enough. I think you read. I remember us talking about Cheeks. Yeah. I, I think it was one of those comics where I read some and then there'd be like pages of like... Just yeah. in, like who's who pages in there, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm there not was very, this. there was very dense jokes in the Ambush Bug comics. I might not. I think I discovered Dark Side through Ambush Bug. I don't think I had read any. I mean, I I saw Super Friends, so I would have seen Dark Side, but I, I watched Super Friends so young that I barely yeah, he remember wasn't in, any. Of he it. wasn't in the ones that you probably watched. He was only in the final season. Okay, yeah. So I think that, I it's actually dumb that I know that, but he was. They added Firestorm and Dark Side. It was a big deal. And they launched a new action figure line, and there was either a season or two of that. It was like the superpowers of Super Friends. Okay, yeah. So I, I don't know if I ever saw that. So I weirdly, I'm weirder than you, Kevin, because yeah. Jack Kirby's Fourth World, which is this like legendary whole mythical mm-hmm. area of the DC universe that Jack Kirby created. I don't think I read that until my late 20s when I bought like collections on purpose just to go read Fourth World stuff. Yeah, I definitely didn't read it till I was much older. So, like, the mythos is not in Super Friends, surprisingly. Um, yeah. So it's touched on in this Justice League run later on. But I guess my point is, is, like, this is how I learned who Wally West was. This is how mm. I learned who Captain Adam and Blue Beetle were. Mm. This is where I saw Creeper for the first time. And who cares, right? Those aren't huge characters. But yeah. I love all those characters now. Yeah. And but I we have to be here. And mm-hmm. this is not where any of them started. Yeah, we have to be careful about playing the who cares game because we'll justify this podcast right out of existence if yeah. we start worrying about what's important or not. Um, if it's important to us, it's important to this podcast. But yeah, it's discovering major characters through Justice League is sort of like, oh, I learned about Michael Jordan through Space Jam or whatever, like, yeah, right. something like that. Um, but or you just know what? Like, I you, saw, you saw did. them and you watched the Olympics game and you're like, who's this Larry Bird guy? Yeah. The um, Boston Celtics? What's I'll this check it out. Basketball. I'm a Luge fan. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. in the sports world for. 
Um, and on this yeah. episode, we're doing uh, issue four mm-hmm. of it's still called Justice League. It will be called Justice League International at some point. But yeah, I keep referring to it Justice League International because that's what the trade paperbacks refer to the whole thing as. It also distinguishes it from all the other incarnations of Justice League nicely. You know, yeah. you're not talking about 60s Justice League or or the movie 70s Justice League. Yeah, you're talking about the Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatteis creation. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so issue four, I'm excited. I like, I, Kevin, I like this issue. This is one of I, my favorites, actually, of the early ones. Yeah, this is probably my favorite issue of the first year. Maybe my first, my favorite issue of the whole thing. And it's definitely why I love Booster Gold to this day. Oh, really? I'm curious to, to know about that. We'll dig more into that because... Um, this, this issue that we're going to do is a really good mixture of comedy and action. As, as you said last episode, as this series goes on and on, it gets funnier and funnier and it leans more into comedy. It still is never a hundred percent a comedy thing, but it gets yeah. more into like wacky sitcom territory. And well, at this just, point, again, in the comics because run, I'm reading ahead and I'm an issue, I don't know where, um, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And it's a long arc involving manga con. Do you remember this guy? Yes. The guy who like barters with earth and it feels like he is a co- comedic villain. Um, yeah, I, I remember him. Yeah, in that time. So, but at this point that we're doing over today, yes. issue four, it's still way more balanced between like real earnest comic book action yes. and comedy. And this is a really good balance of it in this comic. Like the the battles are good and the comedy's good, and it's really impressive. Yeah, uh, this is a great issue. Um, again, I think it's my favorite um, in the first year, so it might be my favorite that we cover. Um, anyway, it's uh, called Winning Hand. Yeah. And uh, should we just get into it? I've, yeah. I found a trade paperback. Oh, that's uh, the so one I now I'm using. Have the, I now have the covers. Yeah. Great. So the cover shows uh, Booster Gold, who's a featured character of this issue, several members of the Justice League unconscious, and Booster Gold is turning around behind him to face an enormous villain that we don't, we don't, we just see the legs of. Yeah, and Booster Gold is an interesting character at this point. I don't know what issue his series was on, but it was almost to the point of ending. It was near cancellation at this point. He had just shown up in this Justice League comic at the very end of the last issue, right? Yeah. And Maxwell Lord showed up and said, here's your new member, Booster Gold. And they were like, who's Maxwell Lord and who's Booster Gold? Yes. And fans reading this might have asked that same question. I wonder, I wonder what it's like when comic book companies decide, like, we're really going to push this character. We're going to really try to make this guy work. Is it like, you know, how much of that is a merchandising business decision? How much of that is we believe in the character? How much of that is we need some new blood so we're not just all Superman and Batman stuff? Also, how much of it was that they asked for Booster Gold and how much of it was they were told they needed Booster Gold or want they somebody wanted Booster Gold in this comic? Like, how did he end up in this comic book? Yeah, is it like Keith Giffen's deep wish to have booster gold or is it more like you got to play with this guy too? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about who booster gold is cause it's not really touched upon in this comic at all. And it, and also this is one of your favorite characters, right? Yeah. So booster gold is a character who is from the future. Mm-hmm. He's sort of, he is a, he's a, he's an athlete who, who cheated on sports to help gamblers out because he needed money for like a sick relative, I believe. Mm-hmm. and ruined his life, becomes okay. a security guard at the superhero museum and decides one day to steal a bunch of superhero devices and a time machine, come back in time and become a superhero and become famous and rich. Okay. So his main goal is not to be a hero, but it is to be, you know, 
a Superman, but get the benefits of being a Superman. Yeah. Like, like healthcare. And then obviously he learns to be a real hero. Um, he does become rich for a while. Uh, um, maybe rich at this point in the series, but is very shortly bankrupted at the end of his series. So for most of his time in justice league, he is poor. Right. It's uh, kind, of time- a fun, kind of a fun story idea. You like, uh, I feel like you like it when, um, heroes do heroic things, but not originally for heroic reasons. Like you really like the mask, the sure. comic book for that reason. Yeah. I like a redemption, um, or someone having to redeem the, have someone having to realize that they're a hero is a very fun thread. Booster Gold has since become, they've really, uh, worked into the time travel angle, which I guess makes complete sense. Yeah. He's become like a time travel hero who travels around time and, Generally, every story about him now involves time travel, but at this point, it never did. Yeah, he's a guy who's come from the future, and he never uses that ability for any practical reason. Yeah, he never, I mean, it, maybe it was a one-use shot, but he just never travels through time again until Jeff Johns gets his hands on this character maybe like 10, 15 years ago, and then that's all he's done since. Mm. It's, it's uh, interesting to me. But I liked him better when he wasn't a time traveler, the thing that makes him most different from other heroes. How would you describe his personality? Um, he is full of himself. Nice. I can see why you like him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, um, he's conceited and, uh, um, that's that's the, the main driving force of his personality. I would say everything is around. He's also that. he's very sunny and sort of like he's very up and gregarious. He does seem like kind of a star athlete. Like kind sure, of, yeah. Like he's he's, he's, he's not Flash he's Thompson. not mean. He's not like he's not like a bully per se. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess he's uh, not Flash Thompson. He's not like you piece of crap. I'm better than you. He's just like everything's going to be great because I'm here. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, you have to imagine his high school and college life was all easy for him. I mean, he yes. worked hard to be an athlete, but everyone liked him. Everyone treated him well. Things were handed to him. So why wouldn't you be upbeat and feel good about yourself? And then when it all kind of falls apart, why wouldn't you a little bit go like, this isn't fair? I relate to Booster Gold. Sure, yeah. You used to be... I was, I was on the math team, you know what I mean? And I was the <laughs> yeah. top algebra guy on the math team. Mm-hmm. I was third board in my high school's chess team. Yeah, algebra was, was really where math teams peaked. Algebra is where you put your rock stars. Like <laughs> yeah. calculus is where you put the behind the scenes guys, but yeah, you put your charisma in the algebra department. So, for your right, math yeah, teams. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, your lookers, your, uh, your mouthpieces, your, your showmen, they go into yeah, the yeah. algebra corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I relate a lot. You know, when I would get up to the to the to the math competitions, people right. noticed me. I mean, you were first chair French horn, first chair of two uh, French <laughs> horn. Yeah, and I think it? I think it was we were both first chair. Now that I remember, it was a tied first chair situation. Mm. Sure, Still, that's how some people hey, looked at it. But number, we all know I the truth. No, number one on my sheet music. Say what you want. Yeah, uh, I was playing the top line melody in the Gustav Holst planets. I don't care what you say. So I relate to Booster Gold. I think we had a pretty similar high school and mm-hmm, college experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dig into the story, Will. All right, splash page. Um, we have. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, so that's the cover. The splash page is the Justice League in their conference room, and as has become common, Batman is sort of like glowering over a problem while the other guys make jokes. That's right. Uh, and the problem is Maxwell Lord the Fourth, uh, occupation entrepreneur, according to the digital readout that Batman has put up. 
uh, Maxwell. I like that. It's, I like that it's a dot matrix digital readout. Like they're looking at like a big view screen in their headquarters, but uh, the font is made up of dots because like at this time printers were mostly dot matrix. So I guess just like all computers were thought to be pixelated. I really love, um, and I was emailing with somebody, uh, Justin Bridge, about this. Uh, I love that this Justice League doesn't have super great tech. Like, he was making fun of their signal devices because they're huge. Yeah. They're like... Right, like Spidey's uh, got a little Spidey tracer that's like the size of a fingernail. Right. And the Justice League has, like, it looks like a huge garage door opener for, like, yeah, their signal. Yeah, it's bigger than a garage door opener. It's so big yeah. and all it does is beep. Uh, <laughs> and he's right. That is ridiculous. But I like that, like, they have teleporters, but they can't teleport everywhere. Like, in the arc I'm reading now, they have a spaceship, but they can't travel far. Uh, they need Green Lanterns to help fuel it and boom-doom the, technology. The minor leagues is funnier than the major leagues. So yeah. even though this is technically the major leagues because it's Justice League, it's funny that they're scrapping. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this digital readout seems pathetic. The end of the last issue, Maxwell Lord was just in their headquarters with Booster Gold. Maxwell Lord, who is unaffiliated with the League, and says, here's your newest member, Booster Gold, like acting like he owns the place. But what's disturbing Batman is how the heck did he get in here? Yeah. And he also is the person who gave a signal device to Dr. Light, who's now sort of a, uh, through this issue at least, was a casual member, had been going along on the adventures with them. But not because the Justice League picked her, because Maxwell Lord sort of handed her to them. Yeah. Uh, this is where he gets solidly established as a manipulator uh, who is going to end up controlling the League just through his own chutzpah and manipulations. That's right. So Batman is mad. How did Maxwell Lord get in here? And then uh, we see around the table Martian Manhunter, Black Canary, Blue Beetle, Captain Marvel, Guy Gardner, Mr. Miracle, the other members of the Justice League. Dr. Light is nowhere to be seen. I guess she's not an official member, like you said. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Kevin McGuire's... I don't know if it's Kevin McGuire or Keith Giffen, but their personalities are often shown like just guy throwing back that water bottle just looks kind of like a misbehaving student sort of. Yeah. Blue Beetle's very casual, but Martian Manhunter and Mr. Miracle look very serious. Uh, even Captain Marvel looks a little overly attentive. Yeah, he's a nerd. Um, guy Gardner, uh, page two, Batman like shushes Guy Gardner. Be good boy now, Guy, or I'm going to have to keep you after class because Gardner's been making jokes. I guess I should say that in the splash page, Gardner's like, I want to know how long you're going to keep talking, Bats. I don't think I can stay awake much longer. And, um, you know, Captain Marvel says something. Guy Gardner mouths off to him. And now Batman tells him to shush. And Gardner, you know, he's our he's our bad boy. He's our, our jerk, our, like, doesn't play by the rules character. Yeah, he's also a character nobody else in the team likes. Nobody likes him, yeah. Which is, I guess, a testament to the power of the Green Lantern ring because they don't kick him out ever. Um, yes, it looks like nobody on the team has the authority to do what they want. Be- and I say that because everybody's always complaining about how everything's going, including Batman, who's the closest thing we have to a leader. But um, they just kind of put up. They, they really seem like at the mercy of the invisible hand of the storyteller. Yeah, uh, it's kind of it's funny. I like it. Uh, this page ends with Batman getting back on topic, going now about Dr. Light and this Booster Gold, which segues to the next page. So, yeah, Maxwell Lord with Booster Gold and Dr. Light are kind of waiting in some sort of adjacent library, waiting for Justice League to decide what to do. You know, I guess like they've been sort of lightly contained here, although I think they're they're voluntarily going along with it while the Justice League decides what to do about them. Right. Right. And Dr. Light is mad. She doesn't like being manipulated. 
Yeah, uh, Maxwell Lord is really running her around. She to- told her she was in the Justice League. He had no authority to do that. Deep barely even did that. He basically just kind of like slipped a signal device onto her, said it was for Justice League, which intrigued her. But before she even knew what was going on, she was swept up in an adventure with them. Yeah. Uh, she gets really mad, yells at Maxwell Lord, and storms out. She quits the team that she's not really on. And, uh, you know, Maxwell Lord's getting established as a character. Like, um, he's this, you know, operator, fast-talking guy. and Maybe not fast-talking, but a smooth-talking guy in a suit. And in the panel three, he says, When my plan finally comes together, you'll see that the end justifies the means that... And she throws her bogus signal... Dev- or her um, uh, confederate signal device at him and um, and storms out. And we get a little Justice League humor there. You know, she goes, who the hell do you think you are? Why, Maxwell Lord, of course. Who do you, who do you think you are? She chucks the signal device at him with a clank. And he's like, can I consider that an answer? Yeah. Um, that's, that's yeah. kind of a slapsticky moment. Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little joke. But it's also showing that he's not phased by what she's doing. Booster Gold sort of freaks out that she's storming off. And Maxwell Lord's still very confident in what he's doing puts his hand on Booster's shoulder and just goes, let her go, Booster. If we ever need her back, I can assure you, we'll have her. Does she ever come back? Is that it for Dr. Light? Uh, if she comes back, it says a guest star or, I don't know, maybe she goes back into Justice League Europe days. She did not come back for a while. Where I've been, in my reread, she's not back. It just feels arbitrary. Like, why did we have her in the book at all? Like, she she made a couple moves and some issues and stuff like that, but it was... Is it just like a decision, like you're going to focus on Booster Gold, not Dr. Light? Like that's There's weird. There's a lot of weird shuffling. Um, Black Canary sort of leaves off panel. Uh, and the, I keep talking about the run I'm on, but she leaves off panel in the run I'm reading now. And it's just like, I think it's just like, oh, we don't know what to do with these characters. And or maybe in the case of Black Canary, she was involved in another storyline somewhere. But uh, I think Dr. Light, they just didn't know what to do with her. So I, I, ba- it almost feels like they're throwing everything at the wall and being like, eh, what? feels good until something rings true and then when it rings true they keep it so like booster gold works so they keep him on the team so in comes batman with mr miracle and the martian manhunter and he's looking very serious and scary and booster gold is nervous and maxwell lord is not yeah um Max, uh, Batman wants to know where Dr. Light is, and Maxwell Lord goes, she had to leave, but she'll be back if you want her back. She's not really this important. After all, it's Booster Gold you need. And that's where Booster Gold sort of stands up for himself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm doing just fine on my own, thank you. If I don't have to go begging to join your precious Justice League. If you people don't want me, so be it. It's your loss. And he starts to walk out. Yeah, but as he's leaving, he says... Good luck with your master plan, Max. You're going to need it. And is he kind of deliberately throwing him under the bus there? Like, he's revealing to the rest of the Justice League this guy's up to something? Yeah, I think Booster Gold sees that this guy is full of it, is not affiliated with the Justice League. He's Booster Gold's been duped. He thought he was being he was interviewing for the Justice League. He was interviewing with a guy who wants to run the Justice League, uh, and he doesn't. he's not going to get played. So I think he doesn't like Max in that moment. I've had this happen to me many times. Mm-hmm. I've gone in for an interview with people, and I think I'm auditioning for Star Wars. I thought I was cast as Solo in the Solo mm-hmm. um, franchise film, and it was only after the movie came out that I realized I was not in the movie. Yeah, you keep going into fake auditions. So I'm sympathetic to Booster Gold. 
Yeah. So they, uh, just, the Justice League hears them say, hears Booster say that Maxwell Lord has a master plan. Are they kind of, there's a shot of them intimidatingly surrounding Maxwell Lord and Batman's like, what plan? And, you know, they're, they're a little bit on to him. But then uh, Captain Marvel's got a good joke here. Yeah, yeah. He goes, too bad Booster left. He really had a neat costume. Uh, yeah, they had probably the two most audacious costumes on the team right now. Um, I guess it yeah. makes sense that he'd like it. Mr. Miracle, too, I guess. Those three. So, and Beatles kind of pronounced. Um, Blues are a little more subdued color. Yeah, I guess Captain Marvel really stands out in a crowd. I like that short cape on Captain Marvel. You don't see that a lot. No, it's the cool. The cape that doesn't even reach down to past your arm. It's just like, it's like a bib that he just like turns around. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a uh, frock. I love it. It looks great, especially when he's, I don't know how, it, flying, I guess, I don't necessarily notice it as much, but standing, it looks great. It's a standing around cape. Booster Gold starts to walk off the premises. He gives a little bit of his backstory and his thought balloons, you know, that he's from the future and stuff like that. And um, we see him approaching the press. The press is being held at bay by an electric fence. Because, again, Booster Gold is a celebrity. He's he's promoted himself. He is a spokesperson for lots of products. He's done whatever he can. So he's a well-known superhero because he wants to be. And um, when he walks up to the electric fence that's holding back the press, the press all, you know, kind of clamors for his attention. And then meanwhile, the bad guys of this issue use that opportunity to break into Justice League uh, space. Yeah. A couple of white haired fellas, everybody wearing overcoats, very suspicious looking individuals. Uh, yeah. They they disable the security fence that is surrounding the mountain that Justice League is using as a base to get in. Kevin, I wonder how far we would get if we like walked around in big trench coats and we were looking over our shoulder constantly and tried to break into like government buildings. I mean, based on comic books, we'd get pretty far. Yeah. I think also just based on the fact that we couldn't look threatening if we tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if we looked suspicious, security guards would be like, whatever those guys are up to, we'll handle it. Yeah. Even and at the last minute. They'd be correct. They'd be correct, yeah. They could so give the- us weapons. Yeah, let's make this fun for us. You guys get these weapons. And here's the codes to the first two levels of our, you know, the Pentagon. Here's the first two codes to the first two levels of the Pentagon. I think you just wrote another uh, Enforcers episode. Fancy Dan gets dared to break into the (laughs) Pentagon. And he gets captured and only Montana's rope can get around the laser beam motion detectors. Anybody listen to this podcast who's not a listen to every single episode is now confused. Yeah, we have a deep continuity. So um, the the bad guys disable their alarm system and start sneaking in to the base itself. And Booster Gold eyeballs them and says, oh, yeah, they're up to trouble. Yeah, and he's a hero. Even if he doesn't think he's joining the Justice League, he chases after them. The second panel um, there on whatever page we're on. Yeah, there's no numbers. page numbers. We'll never know. Never know. There's no way to find out. But after the after the bad guys have snuck into the cave, there's a good little Booster Gold moment where he's like, "So it's Booster Booster Gold to the rescue." Uh, I hope. Yeah, now that's kind of establishing his sort of like mixture of arrogant and self-deprecating personality. Yeah, that's also a nice butt shot. It's a good butt shot. Yeah, Booster's got a good butt. Kevin McGuire's good at faces and butts. Um, this is I love this next panel. Power has been temporarily knocked out of the Justice League headquarters. So when we cut back inside, the Justice League is in the dark. That's uh, right. And they're, and they're like, what's going on? And Gardner, Guy Gardner is shown 
putting little fingers up beside his head to sort of, I guess, kind of weirdly make fun of Batman. Yeah, yeah, he's... He's imitating, like, his ears. Yeah, I don't know how that would really hurt Batman's feelings, <laughs> if that's the goal. But it's Batman not like he's also... putting bunny ears behind somebody in a photo, which is not funny, but at least I see how that's trying to be funny. The... This is just a dude who's <laughs> imitating, like, he looks like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman says, just because the lights are out, Gardner, don't think I can't see you. Hey, I'm just scratching my head. And then he thinks, jerk. But yeah. like, he looks insane. Like he it's... looks insane. The, their relationship is delightful. Uh, power comes back on. They realize that Booster Gold is still creeping around outside. There's a moment where they think that maybe Booster Gold is the problem, that maybe he's done something. Yeah. But then our bad guys are fully revealed at the bottom of the next unnumbered, no way to figure it out page. It's the Royal Flush Gang. Characters who before this issue I had never heard of, and I think I've never heard of since. They show up in Batman Beyond episodes. Oh, really? Um, so I know them from that as well. But that's also after this. Well, they seem this. like old school DC heroes, like '60s DC heroes, like when when DC here or, or Batman TV show villains were like your costume style meant a lot to your villain power you know how well art directed are you as a villain yeah yeah their theme is they dress up like face cards so there's the like king a, like of a poker spades hand. they're the royal flush 10 yeah. jack king queen ace yeah um it's very funny it doesn't they'd be better suited just to use their technology and not dress up in crazy costumes that's maybe true of a lot of uh, villains and heroes but it's very true of the royal flush <laughs> Yeah, they go way out of their way to stick to the theme. Uh, the first one, so Booster Gold stumbles on them, and the first one is the king throws a bunch of cards, which I guess are sort of akin to, like, throwing stars. They're, like, really sharp, and they cut him. Well, before that, Booster Gold, before he pops his head out, he thinks to himself, I better come up with a really good opening line. Too many of these super types just jump out of the shadows and shout, hey, you. So he jumps out and goes, all right, you guys, hold it right there. Oh, yeah. to himself. Now that really sparkled with originality. Oh, I'm glad you said that. That's that's very Justice League. Um, and is, the villains, that's a James, did James Demandis pitch that joke, or is that a Keith Giffen joke? You think? Uh, I give James Demandis credit for most of the jokes. I guess. I guess that makes I don't sense. Know. Uh, you think James Demandis is like underrated in terms of his impact on '80s comics? I mean, like when you think of '80s comics guys in the superhero world. I, the first two names are Frank Miller and Alan Moore, and then probably the next one is John Byrne, probably, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, your big... And then maybe Chris Claremont. Yeah, I mean, right? I think James DeMattis is sort of in the wake of all those guys because they all sort of had done their thing and moved on. Yeah. Um, and James DeMattis' run on Spider-Man, I guess he had done his Craven's Last Hunt and this. Yeah. He has a long run on Spectacular Spider-Man. That's great. Um, he's on Spider-Man forever uh, in various forms. I think that's why we're aware of him because we read all those issues. But I, I remember at this point thinking when I was reading comics, if J.M. DeMatty's name is on something, it's good. Yeah. And um, that's true usually, right? Like he he's like a really consistently good creator. I mean, at this point, I'd read two things by him, this and Craven's Lost Hunt, and I love them both. So yeah. there's a little while where I thought he could do no wrong. I think there's been some things he's done since then I haven't liked, but... He tends to be somebody that I will uh, read. He also wrote during the Spider-Man clone saga and wrote stories that people still love to this day, even though the trappings of that saga were terrible. Hmm. Um, He wrote wrote a death of Aunt Mace, a scene that uh, issue that people loved. 
Um, it's not that I think, I mean, I know that people love J.M. DeMatteis. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's like if you know him, you like him, but I think not enough people know him, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he's also, as far as for nerd culture, he he's written a lot for animation too. He wrote a lot of Justice League Unlimited episodes and things like that. So he's got a little under, he's like Dwayne McDuffie in that not enough people know him, but everyone who knows him goes, that guy's legit. Yeah. Um, well, the jokes in this issue are good. Yeah, hold it right there. Now that really sparked with originality. The villains respond, um, let's get him. And Booster Gold responds, let's get him. I'm not the only one who needs a dialogue coach. And then they throw the playing cards at him that are like akin to throwing stars. That's right. Let's, so we get, a, we get a little battle here. Yeah, we have a little bit of a fight. I think we should take a break. Oh, good, good thought. I never remember to do that. Yes, um... Everybody just uh, hold your horses, keep your horses still, grab hold of your horses. and picture in your mind playing cards flying through the air. What's going to happen to those playing cards? Find out after this. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about or the format of the show or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. So Booster Gold dodges the playing cards. That's right. That's what happens. <laughs> We're back. And, uh, and they never come back into the story. And um, now the Justice League is sort of watching this, and they realize, I think, that Booster Gold is on their side. And so they... Uh, the Mr. Miracle's defense system, which he referred to like on page two, Batman says activate it so we can trap. He doesn't say this, but he wants to watch Booster Gold to see what he can do. Yeah, they put the shield back up so nobody can leave. Um, and then uh, on the next page, Batman says, for the moment we're going to observe. Uh, uh, he Does he somewhere he says he wants to see what Booster Gold's up to? Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, caption boxes. Security system on, on Batman. Energy bubble in place. Good. Now let's get out there, says Guy Gardner. And Batman responds, I want to see what Booster Gold is made of. So even so though Maxwell moment, Lord brought this guy in, Batman's given Booster Gold a chance to prove himself. Yes. This is a fun exchange. Batman says to Guy Gardner, for the moment, we're going out to observe. Do you know what that means, Guy? And Guy goes, yeah. It means we stand around and let Gold have all the fun, which is true. Yeah. And Batman's response, close enough. <laughs> Um, so now we have a, we have a, some, a bit of gold just fighting the Royal Flush Gang. Um, the Royal Flush Gang, another one of their abilities is to look monochrome. Uh, they just look almost black and white. Their faces, like there's a complete, I guess they're white technically, but it looks like just an absence of color entirely. I mean, these guys must put on a lot of face paint and stuff. This is what I'm saying. This costume, this theme for them is too much work. I mean, whoever's playing 10, is a, that is a skin-tight outfit. And you got the 10 of spades. and it's She's a woman. I think it's tough to have those spades go over the breastal area and not sure. have it look weirdly nipply. Mm-hmm. Um, so comics code-wise, we got a challenge here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Booster Gold realizes he's been trapped inside a force field. He doesn't quite know what's up with that. Um, 
but he realizes he's got to fight these guys. Uh, there's a lot of good jokes here. Like at one point, they, the Royal Flush Gang is going to like shoot something at Booster Golden, so he flies up above them, and um, they and when he does, he dodges something, and so the Royal Flush Gang, one of them hits the other one. I think the King hits. Or the jack hits the queen, maybe. <laughs> and um, uh, Booster Gold's floating up there. And then the jack says, oops. And Booster Gold goes, oops is right, your highness. Well, from this perspective, you're actually your lowness. Um, I like that joke. That was yeah, a long where, time to get to that? that. Oh, that's, uh, I see where you are. You jumped ahead. I, I jumped I ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, Booster Gold takes him down pretty good. He gets distracted at one point by a flash from a photographer because they're still watching him. <laughs> um, uh, but Booster Gold also has a force field, so he's once he gets away from that, he, once he gives himself a little distance, he puts his force field up, and they start shooting spade-shaped bullets at him, um, and they're sort of bouncing off his shield. He's sort of very safe. He starts to do. Pr- he starts to do pretty good. He's he's got a he's a decently high-powered character. He's not Superman. He's not even Martian Manhunter or Captain Marvel, but he's definitely power-wise. He's up there. The Queen is taken out. The Jack is taken out. Oh no! He now he takes out the Jack. Mm-hmm. Then the King is out at some point, and so he goes after Ten, um, who's like hiding behind a rock. I think because she knows yeah. she's outnumbered. This sequence is very memorable to me. Uh, why don't you go through it then? Um, I think mostly because of the layout. Um, Ten kind of pokes her head out from behind the rock and goes, uh, you wouldn't hit a lady, would you? And there's this panel where like Booster Gold's not really looking at her. He's sort of rubbing the sheepish of his yeah. head. Uh, and he's saying, well, um, you see, it's, uh, it's like this. There's a little mini a vertical panel next that just says bop. Yeah. Um, and you're showing it to me? I'm thinking I might put the video up, so... Okay. <laughs> and that explains that. Uh, yeah. And then we come back, and she's been knocked out, and Booster Gold is sort of shrugging his shoulders, palms up, just saying, where I come from, equality that sexes is a given, so we can hit anyone. And she, in a daze, says, oh, thank you so much for explaining. Uh, and it's mostly, I think, his physicality in those panels is very memorable to me. And then all the Justice League starts clapping. They're, like, going, bravo, well done, way to go. And Booster Gold is, you're kidding, I had an audience? Well, then, how'd I do? Right, and Maxwell Lord starts to answer, do you or? Captain Marvel goes, shh. And they look to Batman for his thought, and, of course, he's incredibly stoic at first. And then he gives the subtlest, smallest smile that Kevin Maguire could manage. And, um... Gold goes, all right, does that mean I'm... And uh, then suddenly something's afoot because Batman shouts, Gold, Booster, behind you. I, I remember this from when I was uh, when I was reading this originally. Uh, behind me, what are you talking? And behind is an enormous creature, humanoid, in an ace costume. The missing yeah, ace. he's twice as tall as Booster Gold. Really muscly. He's I remember, all I remember, white. I just remember when I was a kid, like, it... I was like, oh, I was excited. I remember like, oh, yeah, the ace. Like it was. Yeah, we hadn't seen the ace yet. Um, uh, He's huge, um, bald with just the spade symbol on his chest. Um, Yeah. And this guy is very intimidating. And he uh, starts to beat the crap out of Booster Gold. He swats him aside. Knocks him aside. And the Justice League 
leaps into action. They're not going to just watch Booster Gold fight this guy. So they're all going to battle. But it they, they don't do well. Yeah, this guy is... He says, I've been programmed to defeat you. So he has, like, all these, like, things ready for each Justice League. Like, he's got a fire gun for Martian Manhunter. This is also one of those moments where, you know, it's a trope of superhero stuff. But, like, often a hero's weakness is so obvious. It's like, yeah, of course, just always have one of these. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel blocks the flames. um, But the ace is stronger than Captain Marvel and knocks him aside. Uh, um, Guy Gardner. Oh, Bla- Black Canary screams at him, which does does send him reeling a little bit. Yes. Oh, we get but, a nice um, Captain Marvel moment when he's knocked on the ground. He goes, holy moly, I feel awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Guy Gardner sort of rubs it in his face. Looking good, Captain White Bread. Uh, as he leaps into combat, uh, Guy Gardner very excited to be fighting somebody. Yeah, says, uh, just sit tight. Let a real man show you how it's done. Then Black Canary does her sonic scream. That has a little bit of damage. Mr. Miracle does a concussion bomb. That does a little bit. But then um, Ace is able to disable his little gravity discs. The things he flies around on, yeah. Uh, and then as Guy Garner's coming in, Ace turns yellow. The weakness of Green Lanterns is the color yellow at this point. Yeah. No, no is, longer. That's good because that's dumb. Yeah. It lasted a long time, that idea. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it was Jeff Johns that took it away, but at, uh, at some point they're just like, man, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, it does just seem like if you want to be a supervillain on a planet where there's green lanterns, everyone should be yellow. Like, why not just be yellow just in case? Right. Um, then the then the ace turns red with flame and he's going to melt Batman because he's just being, because Batman is a human being and can burn. But Booster Gold to the rescue. Yeah. Booster Gold swoops in, grabs him. And begins to fly him up in the air. And he says, Shouts, yeah. yeah, he says as he's picking him up, while you were busy forgetting, uh, you forgot about me, didn't you, ugly? And while you were busy forgetting about, uh, uh, while you were busy forgetting, Blue Beetle and I cooked up a little master plan. A nod to the Master Planner saga by Steve Ditko. <laughs> you think that's what it was? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um,. Now, Beetle, the energy shield. It's, one of the, it's another little superhero trope that when you are flying around in a battle, just speak, and every other character can hear you no matter where they are. Yeah, we don't know how he's necessarily, uh, how he and Blue Beetle made this plan, because not, he's not like he's on the team and has like a radio connection to him. But yeah, he shouts that. We see Blue Beetle unplug the shield that they had put over the Justice League mountain. Right, which allows Booster Gold to fly the inflamed ace of spades robot way high above the compound right as they're going up black canary is like what the hell is he doing guy gardner says whatever it is it's crazy i like that yeah so he's one over guy gardner um and then booster gold as he's hurling ace to the ground from an enormous height explains confused aren't you you big dummy whoever made you gave you weapons to take out all the leaguers but i'm not a leaguer yeah he's not in the group although that will change soon yeah and so the guy had the ace had no defenses against Booster Gold. Well, he would need a lot of them because Booster Gold has a lot of things. Yeah, um, Blue Beetle. This is sort of a a very short-lived thing that he's going through. He's feeling bad that he's just kind of manning computers all the time. Thinks to himself, "I don't get it. How come I'm always the one who's standing around pushing buttons while the rest of these guys hog the glory? Booster Gold's not even in the league, and he's having more fun than and Booster Gold." Shouts, "Hey Beetle, wake up! Push that energy shield up to critical now!" Which Beetle does, which chops the robot in half. Gruesome. 
But uh, it finishes the robot, and Batman uh, says, I'm impressed. Yeah, and and even Blue Beetle's jumping up and down thinking, well, maybe it's not so bad standing around pushing buttons. These guys are about to become best friends. That's kind of nice to see the seeds of that. Yeah. And so Maxwell Lord was right. Booster Gold would make a good addition to the team. Uh, Martian Manhunter makes a trademark Heinz dry joke. Ooh. Uh, he'd make dry a dry joke. Dry meaning no one is laughs it, is at it. Is it funny? I'm not sure. Right, but you acknowledge that there's humor in it. Yeah, it's it's clearly an attempt at humor. He'd make a fine addition to the team, Batman. If only he wasn't so lacking in energy and enthusiasm. I can see you saying that, Kevin. Uh, and Batman says, "We'll have to get him to work on that." Which is a pretty funny response from Batman. Batman makes everything funnier. So Booster Gold joins, and then Maxwell Lord wastes no time in presenting himself as a spokesperson to the press. Yeah, Maxwell Lord slips outside while they're all congratulating Booster and talks to the press. As official press liaison of the newly reformed Justice League, (laughs) it's my pleasure to announce the addition of Booster Gold to our ranks. They cut to Captain Marvel going, our ranks? And um, Mr. Miracle says, it seems Max Willard needs to be dealt with and quickly, quickly. He's around for the entire series, right? Yeah, because Batman says, oh, we're going to deal with him, Scott. And when we're done, let's just say he's not going to like it. The answer is they love him and keep him on the team the whole time and they all become his best friend. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's how the issue ends. Um, Yeah, so uh, I like it. Yeah, it's really fun. It, It really... Um, I don't know something about the costume design of Booster Gold, and that he's sort of having fun. Yeah, what is as it? What hero. is it? Were you hooked on him right away? I was. I don't fully. I immediately started looking for his comics, which I would find on newsstands. Um, and like I said, I think he was like two or three issues from being canceled already. So when I started <laughs> getting it, it was, it was over. And those issues weren't great. Uh, Dan Jurgens wrote and, and drew it, and his art is great, but. It, it, they didn't grab me as much as they did. He did in Justice League, but I was just intrigued by the look of him, and I like. I think, I mean, like Spider Man, I like characters who have fun as heroes. Like Spider Man's yeah, always making jokes. I want the characters who seem to dig it. Like Nightwing, I've always liked and Robin uh, before that because it's like, oh, it's like Batman, but he likes it. Yeah, there's something fun about that. Yeah, Booster is very joyful. Yeah. Um. It's interesting what heroes grab us. Like sometimes just I remember being a very little kid and just seeing a drawing of the Fantastic Four on a lunchbox and just being like, who are those guys? I want to know who those guys are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, again, I think I mentioned last episode that I bought the complete run of Booster Gold twice on eBay because I forgot <laughs> I had it already. Um, and I think it's been collected. And I did I buy that collection? I'm not sure. Maybe I was smart enough not to buy it a third time. Um, because, again, I don't the run is OK. <laughs> Um, yeah. He's also in Justice League for the Booster Gold's in Justice League for the entire Giffen and Dematis run and for a long time afterwards. Uh, there's a time during the Giffen and Dematis run where he quits and it's a huge deal, but it's Booster Gold. It's not yeah. like Batman or Superman or Aquaman quitting. It is this guy who barely existed before this run. Uh, and they kept him in even when the league got more serious for a while just because it felt like, oh, he's a member of the Justice League. You can't get rid of him. Yeah. Same with Blue Beetle. It was like, oh, these guys are Justice League guys. It's like, no, they're not. Yeah. It's weird. Um, But yeah, there's something about these guys that became locked in as Justice League members up until Grant Morrison kicked everybody out for the Big Seven. Uh, Which, you know, that's not a bad strategy either. 
I mean, he's right. Grant Morrison is completely right. Like, let's make the Justice League the seven most famous characters that DC has. Also, the original Justice League. Yeah. Um, uh, what was your favorite moment in this issue, Will? When the Ace of Spades arrives, it just mm-hmm. sends chills, and I still remember seeing it for the first time. I mean, probably when Booster Gold and Blue Beetle team up to bisect him is the thing that I, I, I always think about when I see the cover to this issue. I'm like, ooh, this is the issue where they team up and become partners in a way. Um, but in Yeah, re- their, their friendship ends up becoming just like a really fun part. Yeah. Uh, though in this reread, I really enjoyed Maxwell Lord throughout. He's very fun. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of smooth operators in the Justice League pantheon of this. You know what I mean? Keith Giffen must just like these guys who just talk their way into stuff. I mean, he likes dialogue for a guy who doesn't write the dialogue himself. Um, well, that's what was your. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you said your favorite. Yeah. Should we go on to email? Yeah. We've only got one. Okay. Starting slow. I like it. Um, Something to build to. We've only had uh, one episode out, two episodes two. out. Two. The one of them. Just came out uh, yesterday. Really. Yeah, we were recording a little bit ahead. Uh, Adam Rowley emails us uh, and says, I mostly read Marvel comics growing up, so I've enjoyed hearing about a DC series I never read before. Uh, and I don't know if Adam's reading this now or if he's just listening along. Either way, thank you, Adam. Uh, the writing in DC comics just never seemed as good as in Marvel. For example, DVC, DC seemed to rely heavily on very lazy one-to-one parallels. The life equation versus the death equation, monitor versus anti-monitor, the creator versus the decreator, flash versus reverse flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can think of in Marvel was Hulk and Red Hulk. Am I being too hard on DC Comics, or was this writing really kind of lazy? That's interesting. I, I mean, yes, you're being too hard on it just because there are so many comics. Mm-hmm. To make any sweeping generalization about Marvel or DC, you're sort of playing with fire because there's always a million exceptions to whatever you say. Yeah. But I've, I've never heard that one said as a... I feel like the party line is like DC is, you know, Marvel's more fun mm-hmm. and more personal and, you know, the Stan Lee energy, the more wacky and more like, right, you know, h- human and that DC, is they're more like gods and myths and these all-powerful monoliths. Right. And that definitely was true for a long time, though. It's less true now that sort of the Stan Lee way of writing comics has sort of embedded itself in all comic books. And every every universe has a Spider-Man energy to it in a way. Um, I mean, there is an aspect of that. I I'm a huge Flash fan, but I don't really enjoy reverse Flash. I don't enjoy what's like his villain is another one of him. Yeah. Like Sinestro is cool despite being just another Green Lantern because he's got a cool backstory. Like he's sort of rejected by the Green Lantern core. He's a control right. freak. He trained Hal Jordan. There's some like really fun backstory to that character. But otherwise, he isn't as interesting as like a different power set. Like I like Spider-Man villains because they aren't other Spider-Men. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Marvel also has that. I mean, it, even if you look at the MCU, it's like Iron Man fights constantly people and Iron Man suits. Yeah. Um, Iron Monger was in the first movie and it's like, that's just another Iron Man. Whether it was fair or not, when I was growing up, DC was like the establishment where everybody, the stories played by the rules and Marvel was indie where anything could happen. Like you say, that wasn't really true in the eighties, but that was just the emotional association I had with the two companies. Yeah. And it's definitely not true now. I think DC still suffers from 
despite the fact that Marvel's getting their messier continuity um, because of Crisis, yeah. uh, and they've tried to do a few other crises since then, it's just sort of like, <laughs> what? what is Batman's history? Yeah. Like, how long was Dick Grayson Robin? It None of it makes sense. He's had five Robins, and it's all sort of really messy now. Yeah, how old is he for that to make sense? Yeah, and then, like... Marvel gets a little bit of that now with Miles Morales coming from initially another universe. Um, So it's getting messier and messier. Well, when we were reading these comics, 1987, Marvel comics were essentially 25 years old from like the beginning of Fantastic Four. And DC was like another 20 years on top of that, basically. So they just had many more years of history to deal with. And now Marvel has had twice as much time as that, like since we were reading these. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it all gets messy. Uh, yeah. and the only real way to, to handle it is just to not think about it. <laughs> not um, worry about it. Just like whatever's important you'll be told about and the rest of it you kind of don't have to know. But I mean, I think like, yeah, I think this guy's being too hard on DC because like Superman's villain is Lex Luthor. It's not Bizarro. Yeah. You know, and Bizarro is a very unique super, uh, Superman like character. Um, I don't yeah. think he's wrong, though, that people did tend to pick them, either Marvel or DC, and that everybody always had their reasons. Sure, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I don't blame him one. for just reading Marvel. I guess I'm just saying, like, looking at DC and being, oh, they're lazy writing. I don't think it was like an edict from DC going, ah, oh, you're working too hard. Just, <laughs> just uh, if you if you want to create a villain for Blue Beetle, it's, it's the Red Beetle. Also, most of his criticism is um, Jack Kirby stuff. Yeah, like monitor, yeah. anti-monitor, anti-life, anti-death. That's Jack Kirby without Stan Lee. Is the anti-monitor Kirby? Or is that uh, Crisis? Oh, is that Crisis? I no, think that's right. Crisis. Okay. I um, retract my criticism of his criticism. I mean, yeah. I mean, Darkseid is just a crazy character, Brainiac. Uh, I mean, there's some... I mean, Batman alone gives DC such unique characters. Um, Batman and, and Flash's gallery. rogues galleries are so good. Only Spider-Man's rivals them in my mind. Where does the term rogues gallery initiate? Like that's such a fun comics thing to say. I, I say it all the time and I'm like, where, where, where did that originate? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I feel like I associate it with Batman most. Oh, I Batman associate with Flash most. Oh, really? Because Flash refers to his villains as the rogues. Oh, okay. Um, like they and team then, up then, as the rogues, basically. It sounds like an Irish punk band. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, but Rogue's Gallery, when I think Rogue's Gallery, there's the three characters and that's it. I think Batman, Spider-Man and Flash. Every character has them, but most of them have like one or two guys. And those are the only guys that have like eight, nine, ten guys. You're like, oh, these are all good villains. It's why Spider-Man hasn't repeated a villain yet. Yeah. Um, well, we need more email, guys, so send us something. We You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail. That's left over from our first season when we were all Spider-Man all the time. Um, email us about Justice League or DC versus Marvel or what comics you're reading. We'd love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, do you think DC is lazy? <laughs> I'd like to know. Are there more examples of just opposites that I'm not remembering? Write those in, too. Yeah. And um, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram account, screwitcomics. Um, yeah, I'll uh, there also it. still is Screw It Spidey, where you'll put Spidey stuff up, and we have Screw It Recent, which is what Kevin's reading, but our main one is Screw It Comics. Yeah, that's where I post images from the podcast that we talked about. Um, so I'll post images from this issue on Screw It Comics the week of this dropping, 
from Wednesday to Wednesday. Um, yeah, I just recently started. I posted a bunch of web slinging stuff to screw it, Spidey, just because I wanted to. It's gonna. That's mostly <laughs> what it'll be now. And then we have a Twitter account, Screw It Comics. So, and if you are a um, super famous, super influential comics creator, uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on the uh, on the show. Yeah, um, Jim Lee, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, I, I know you still are running DC Comics. Love to have you on. Yeah, Marv Wolfman. Give us a shout. Yeah. Marv Wolfman might be gettable. <laughs> Let's get him. Chris Claremont. Let's um, get these guys. Chris Claremont did monologues at ASCAP. Ooh, he did? Yeah. So oh, did Dan exciting. Slott, um, uh, who writes Fantastic Four and wrote Spider-Man. So I emailed him. I was like, hey, would you want to be on our podcast? We did ask. We've done ASCAP. <laughs> Didn't respond. It was, it, yeah. was a, it was a shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Worth a shot. Um I don't have Claremont's email or many other emails. Just take a guess at it. Sure. Uh, put xfan at gmail.com. Fan? See if that gets to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's a fan. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. We're Mag- Magneto sucks at gmail. Like, you know, he's maybe that's his gmail. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But if you are a very successful comic book writer artist, mm-hmm. we would probably let you be on our podcast. Maybe. Yeah. Ask nicely, and we'll give do us it. A sh- send us your portfolio, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll send you ours. Yeah, yeah. It's much shorter. Yeah, we have to put it together, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get it together. To create a portfolio. Step one. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's our episode. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, come back next episode for issue five. Uh, yeah. Which is a fantastic issue. A, sem- a seminal moment happens next issue. Yes, yes. Maybe the most famous moment from the first year. Yep, that's right. All right. See you guys then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. Comics. What's going on? Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics listeners. Screw it. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in in Your your 30s. A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know. Like, how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages. Because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being Hella in Your 30s is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day. Let's order pizza. Campfire.